Hello and welcome to the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel. Today's book is Set Boundaries and Find Peace, but we are going to focus on how we can do this with family and friends over the holiday season. This is a time when a lot of people have to be around certain people they may not want to that push their buttons or push their boundaries. And we're gonna pull from this book on how to navigate the family maze by setting boundaries for a healthier home life. Family relationships. Well, often a source of love, support, and joy can also be a breeding ground for conflict, resentment, and stress. There is a lot of complex dynamics and interwoven histories within families, generational trauma, which makes establishing boundaries particularly challenging. However, in the book, Set Boundaries and Find Peace, The author says boundaries are essential for maintaining healthy relationships and fostering a sense of well-being. So first we have to look at, from the book, understanding the need for boundaries. And boundaries are something that we do for ourselves. So boundaries are essentially the line we draw around ourselves. Or if you imagine a hula hoop, say you take that hula hoop and you put it around yourself, you're defining your own personal space, needs, and expectations. This does not mean people have to listen to them because we cannot, unfortunately, control what other people do. But we can choose our own actions and how to protect ourselves. So these protective mechanisms safeguard us from emotional and psychological harm. And I will have to say, boundaries should be somewhat flexible because each situation may be a little different. So sometimes when we have too strict and hard of boundaries and we really, really protect ourselves, we kind of lose out on that give and take in relationships. But on the other hand, if our boundaries are too loosey-goosey, then people can take advantage of us or just bulldoze us. So in the context of family relationships, boundaries are particularly crucial as they help prevent unhealthy patterns of codependency, manipulation, and control. So how do we identify boundary breakers? In the first step of setting boundaries with family, it's to identify who is constantly disrespecting or disregarding your needs. This may include individuals who frequently criticize or belittle you. And this could be intentional or unintentional. Sometimes people criticize and they don't even realize they're doing it all the time. Also, someone that makes unsolicited comments or suggestions about your personal life. So this could be comments on your weight or your choices or anything of that nature. They disrespect your decisions or choices And they expect you to prioritize their needs over your own. These people could also engage in unhealthy communication patterns, such as yelling at you, name calling, anything that would feel really unhealthy to be in. So we must establish 
clear boundaries. So once you identified who those boundary breakers are in your family, okay, it's Aunt Sue. She's a boundary breaker. She often expects me to put everything down and cater to her and she yells and she tells you you make bad choices in your life and she's constantly talking about topics that you say are off the table. So Aunt Sue, you're a boundary breaker. So once you identify who it is, you then communicate your needs and expectations to Aunt Sue in a direct and assertive and respectful manner. Sorry if any Aunt Sues are listening. I'm sure you're wonderful and you're not a boundary breaker, but I'm just giving a random example. So when you set those communication for the effective boundary setting, you need to communicate in a way that is effective, assertive, and that is using those I statements to express your feelings and needs. I need you to respect me when I say I don't want to talk about politics when we're eating dinner for the holidays. You also want to avoid using blaming or accusatory language as this type of language puts people on the defense and they just want to defend themselves and then no one is really communicating well. And be clear about what you're willing to tolerate and what you're not willing to tolerate. Then establish consequences for boundary violations. Okay, if you keep talking about politics at dinner, I am going to leave. Because again, you can't control someone else stopping. You can only control your actions. So you have to actually get up, leave the dinner table, go home, because that's your line in the sand. So tips, again, from the book is remember that boundaries are not about being selfish or mean because this is often what people think like I'm asking for too much or if I ask for what I need that is not a good thing but it's about self-care and self-respect so if you reframe it like I deserve to have my needs met also and I deserve to talk in a respectful manner with my loved ones Also, a lot of people are afraid to say no, and I find this often happens in the giver-taker dynamic. So some people are not afraid to keep asking you for things, especially if they're takers and they smell a kind heart or a giver. They often will keep taking and taking and taking, and if you're someone that doesn't like to say no and you're more passive and you're caring and you're just generally a nice person and a giver, then these takers will often feed on you and just take, take, take. So you have to learn how to say no, which I have struggled with personally. Um, But being able to work on that and know that when you say no, you say yes to yourself, right? You say yes to being respected. You say yes to your boundaries. And it's something that, you know, you need to work up to. So maybe it's saying maybe and then getting back to someone and then being able to get to that no. Another tip from the book is always practice self-compassion and be patient with yourself. So if you've had a hard time saying no in the past and you're working up to it, be really patient with yourself. Sometimes you're going to go back to old habits. Forgive yourself, learn from it, and move on because you can 
get to that point. Even if you're moving like a turtle and going really slow, if you're making progress, each step, even if it's a small step, is a step in the right direction. And expect backpedaling or going back to old habits. That happens. It's okay. You learn from it. You move on. If you really need to, seek support from friends, a therapist, or a support group. And get to the root of what is so scary about saying no. Is it rejection for you? Is there fears behind it? Is it scary not to be liked or accepted? Like all that stuff is very human and we all struggle with that to some degree. Um, wanting, you know, to, wanting to please people and caring what they think of us. So you must also enforce and maintain boundaries because it's an ongoing process that requires constant effort and assertiveness. It's important to be prepared for pushback and resistance, and it's crucial to remain firm in your resolve. So be prepared to walk away from situations when they compromise your boundaries. Remember, setting boundaries with family members is creating a healthier, more harmonious environment for yourself and your loved ones. And again, it could take time. Aunt Sally could keep coming at you. You could have to leave dinner three times and then she starts to get in line, right? She decides, I'd rather have my person at dinner than to piss them off. But, (laughs) you know, she could not learn to and eventually you could sever that relationship, which is really sad. I hate to see that in families. So by establishing clear limits and communicating your needs, you can protect your emotional well-being and foster a more fulfilling family dynamic. Now I want to switch to the ways and the tactics that people use to manipulate you into pushing your boundaries. The first one is guilt tripping. So they make you feel guilty about saying no or prioritizing your own needs. They may use phrases like, you're always so selfish or you don't care about me to make you feel bad about setting your boundaries. So for example, a parent may tell their adult child, I've sacrificed so much for you and this is how you repay me by not coming to visit me for my birthday. This type of guilt tripping can make someone feel obligated to comply even if they don't want to. So this is a really hard one because I think we all wonder, you know, how much to give or how much to listen to our own needs. And that is something that comes with some deep work of, you know, we, we, All probably, most of us don't want to be selfish, but at the same time, in life we get overwhelmed or we need to take time out. It's like knowing where your limits are. And I like to say that we all have a certain amount of energetic limits that we can give each day. Like we can't give 100% at work, 100% at home, 100% you know, as the school volunteer to our children, sometimes we have to know where our energetic limits are because we only have a certain amount of energy each day to do things. And we need to replenish ourselves in ways like sleep, healthy eating, exercise. So being able to know your limits, 
Each day is where I say boundaries are flexible. So some days maybe work is slow and you have more to give to your family and friends. You have more um, of you to give because, hey, things went really well that day and um, other people weren't taking from me or I didn't have a lot to do. So like each day is a little different. So it's about awareness and knowing where you're, how much energy you have to give that particular day. And this could also be, do I need a lot of alone time to recharge or am I energized by being around people? So knowing that introvert, extrovert part of you and what you actually need each day to be able to give in ways that feel good. Also, people will often minimize your feelings. So a friend may say to you, you're being too sensitive. It was just a joke. Okay, I like a good joke like anyone else, but sometimes there is a line and people go too far and it actually becomes a very hurtful joke. So this type of minimization can make someone feel like their feelings are not valid and that they should just get over it and not be hurt by something. They may dismiss your concerns or try to make you feel like your needs are important. So when someone does that, you can say to them, hey, listen, I am allowed to feel how I feel and I don't have to just get over it. And you can set that boundary of that hurt my feelings. And if you want to continue hurting my feelings, like this is going to hurt our friendship or our relationship or whatever. Um, so, you know, recognize when people are, are minimizing your feelings and that is a way that they're manipulating, trying to cross your boundaries. Another way is playing the victim. So a partner may say, I'll never find anyone else who loves me as much as you do. If you leave me, I'll be all alone. So they will play the victim. Let's say this is a relationship that's about to break up and one person may feel responsible for the other partner's happiness and they can't leave them or they'll be unhappy. So they they often feel resentful if one partner's playing the victim all the time that they have to take care of their feelings or they're responsible for their partner's happiness. And the truth is, Hey, we're all responsible for our own happiness in this life. Yes, people can do things that make us unhappy. I get that. But really, we choose if we're going to stay in a relationship where people keep doing things to us to make us unhappy. Now, there is some exceptions to this. People that are scared to leave relationships because of abuse or they're very stuck in a, a very emotional abusive cycle. There is definitely exceptions to everything. But in general, if someone is just playing the victim all the time and you feel responsible for them, that's part of your work too, to understand that you have to not feel responsible for their happiness. Another way that people can use manipulation is using flattery or praise. Okay, this is kind of a smarter way, right? Build people up. Uh, a coworker may say, you are the only one I can trust to do this project, right? What they're really doing is handing you work. Um, they may say things like, I don't know what to do without you. So this type of flattery can be like, a way to manipulate people to do things for you so they feel appreciated and valued, uh, making them more likely to agree to take on a project, 
even if it's a lot of work. So be on the lookout for that sneaky trick. Um, tends, tends to work better or people don't recognize it as much as the other ones like playing a victim or minimizing feelings. Also, people can make threats and give ultimatums. So a boss may say, you know, if you don't work overtime this week and you're fired, this type of threat can make a person feel like they have no choice but to comply, even if they're already exhausted and there's no policy that says they have to work overtime on the weekends, right? Where is that policy? Maybe you agree to that and it's in, in writing. So maybe if it is something you have to do for work or you're fired, then yes, you have to do it for work. But sometimes people will make threats that try to coerce you into doing things you don't want to do. So know the difference between that. Playing on your insecurities. This one's tricky too. So a family member may say something like, you're never going to find a partner if you don't lose weight. Ooh, okay. So really mean really manipulative. And this type of comment can make people feel insecure about their appearance, that they need to change in order to be worthy of love, which simply isn't true. We should be worthy of love just because we're here and we're human, not because of anything else. And also another form of manipulation is gaslighting. So uh, someone may say to you, I never said that you're making things up. So they're changing the story on you, and whether it's intentional or not, this type of gaslighting can make a person doubt their own memory, reality, and be more susceptible to manipulation in the future. So if you see any of these with relationships, it's best to set boundaries so that you feel more secure in what you are willing to take on with relationships. And sometimes this may change the relationship for good. That's the hope. But also it may come to a point where you decide that you do not want to continue the relationship anymore. It's not healthy for you. And that's okay too. I would say that is a grieving process and that stinks. And I hope you're able to feel the grief of maybe losing a relationship that does not respect your boundaries. But again, we cannot make people change. We can only change the way that we communicate our boundaries and what we actually do to enforce our boundaries. So I hope that helps. And I hope you have wonderful holiday season with your friends and family and your loved ones, and that you don't have to use any of these tips that everyone just is respecting your boundaries. But if not, hopefully these tips come in handy. And I will see you on the next self-improvement book club. Keep learning, be compassionate to yourself, keep growing. There is no limit to your growth. You are amazing. Have a great day.